0: On the block, on demand. Do you
1: hear that? What is that? What is that? Yeah, what is that? What is
0: it? The holder Riley Dixon and the kicker Cole Murphy. Spot is down. The kick by Murphy is up and in. And orange uniforms pour out onto the field.
1: Without Joey McNamara we wouldn't have ten games this year.
0: Tiramina
2: steps up. He shoots. He scores. Syracuse wins 2 to 1.
0: You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. The bills make me want to. Nobody circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bill.
2: Here is your host. I have a bad feeling about the Grand X. Welcome back. Welcome aboard, my friends. Either way, we are so glad you're here getting over that hump together on the block. ESPN Radio. So, as it turns out,
1: Perhaps Iona was dangerous. Well, I'll tell you I don't know. they banked a three, they made a tough, couple tough drives, really tough shots, and it didn't phase uh, our team, which is really good. They kept we kept playing. Tyus took charge when it got close, made two or three huge baskets in a row and made his free throws. Uh, but uh, our defense was was okay, but they're, they're a good team. This is a good team. They're there's a reason they're picked to win their league. They're they're going to be in the NCAA tournament at the end of the year. This was a tough, hard-fought win, and it was a good win. A place
2: they have been, Iona, four of the last six seasons, a place Syracuse was not last year. But if you want to stay on the positive side of things, right, to take a clip from Jim Beheim's press conference last night, they didn't crack. Every time Iona got close, for the most part, it was Tyus' battle, but Syracuse responded. Syracuse had an eight-point lead. Iona would punch back. Syracuse would have a six-point lead. Iona would punch back. Mostly Ricky McGill, who had a terrific game for Iona. But Syracuse, to my knowledge, somebody jump in and correct me here, I don't think they ever lost the lead in that second half. Got down to it every time they punch back. Second game of the year, nice little for lack of a better term, good little lesson for Syracuse that no matter who you play these days, a game like this can come along. Now, I don't think that's going to be the case against Texas Southern on Saturday, but Saturday starts a very busy stretch of games, and it is a critical stretch in the sense that Syracuse just needs reps. They need players to develop at an accelerator rate, and you can't force it, you can't fix time, but there are certain players that are just going to have to step up to help Tyus battle on the offensive end, and there are plenty that have shown the capability to do that. But it was the Tyus battle show again. 28 points, and I don't think it's going to be long before he tops that at some point this year, but here he is describing that effort last night.
0: I live for stuff like this, just trying to be aggressive and will the team to a
2: a win that's always great. Um, is a really good team. Uh, They hit some tough shots, so uh, it was just a good team effort all around. We got some big offensive rebounds. Marek played great today, so...
1: Uh, I think it was a good one for us.
2: Here's Jim Beheim on Tyus Battles.
1: Tyus is a guy that if they're playing man-to-man, which in reality, even though it's a matchup, they get man-to-man at certain times, and he's hard to guard. He's hard to guard. You
2: heard Tyus Battle mention Merrick Dolajai there all over the floor. Big offensive rebounds down the stretch. He's finding his way despite the fact he's a little on the thinner side. Jim Beheim says, let's not focus on that. He
1: goes after the ball. He really hustles, you know, and, you know, obviously he hasn't got his shooting. He works hard every day on his shooting. Um, It's still, that's, it's a long ways away, but he's going to try to go after it. Everybody talks about strength. Hakeem Warwick weighed 160 pounds when he came in here as a freshman, and he was pretty good. He never weighed more than 180 so, I mean, everybody talks about weight when they want to be negative. But, you know, that's has nothing to do with it. He'll be fine. He, he's going to keep going after it. He's thin so he can move faster. got to look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. We
2: don't talk about weight to be negative or positive. It's an observation. It's It's just it stands out how skinny he is. What also stands out is how he gets around that, how he hustles, gets after the boards, inspires his teammates with his play. I think he's clearly going to become a fan favorite here with the way he does, it. I think there's opportunities in the high post to get some shots and get some open shots elsewhere, but you can't tell me over the course of 30 basketball games and if I am wrong on this, then come on back here and we'll have a big, fat plate of crow and put ketchup on it. It's going to factor in at some point. How can it not? I mean, I just, I don't think that's negative, positive, or anything in between to say. I think that's just, an observation, But if I'm wrong on that, I'm wrong on that. Frank Howard, I mean, Tyus Battle's the headline. But here's how I see this. So Tyus Battle was like Mariano Rivera. Steps in when he has to in the second half and just dominates. But it was Frank Howard who was, you know, the starting pitcher that took you eight innings and handed it off to Mariano Rivera to close this thing down. Played all 40 minutes last night. Geno Thorpe, not his best game. Just had uh, eight points and... I uh, Just only played eight minutes, pardon me, in that game last night. And, you know, Bayheim said the other night, at times they're going to use that three-guard rotation last night. It was not one of those times, because Frank and Tyus were, were dominant. They wanted the bigger lineup in there at times against an Iona team. Pascal and Barama, at... One angle that's exactly what you want these two to do. Pascal, when you tower over a team and at seven foot two you're going to tower over a lot of teams. be the rebound vacuum, hustle on defense. he had two dunks, high percentage shots. I think he's improving and, and Jim said it last night I don't have the clip here but he said you know he's already seeing improvement in the big men. And what they're doing down low.
0: Howard lobs. Chukwu inbound. Pass one bounce and pounce it home. Pascal Chukwu. Who's this guy?
2: Brian Higgins on the Syracuse IMG Sports Network. What you can't have, though, and you can't always avoid this, but you'd like to when possible. If it's tight and it's stretch, don't get those to the ball. Because free throws matter, kids. Free throws have always kind of been a topic of discussion around here. But, you know, I think, Pascal made his first free throw in a Syracuse uniform last night. Barama. He's working on it. Two of six last night. So that's something to watch because this team's going to be in a lot of close games. I mean, I know I always talk about free throws matter. And it's become like the, the hashtag on Twitter that I'm most associated with. But what last night may show us, because what was Iona? Iona's not Maryland or Kansas or a top team. But they're not Cornell or Colgate. They're right in the middle in a team that can challenge a young, up-and-coming Syracuse team. There's going to be more close games like this. And Tyus Battle's not going to save you every time. So can O'Shea Brissett make big shots in big spots? He has the offensive skill set, but as any freshman, any young guy's got to do, has to know where to be on defense and be smart about getting those open shots. Tyus still needs a Robin to his Batman. And I don't even know if Frank Howard qualifies as that because He's the point guard. He's It's kind of a different role for him. He's kind of like Alfred, right? you got to be able to count on him, but he's not always going to be the guy that stands out. So can O'Shea Brissett step into that role? He's the most likely player, but everybody's kind of showing what they can do here. It's very early, but these next few games are big because Syracuse needs some big-time reps here. Before they start playing, think of this stretch. You get... Texas Southern, Oakland, who's no joke. Oakland's a good team that will challenge Syracuse. I I can't say the same way that Iona does, but in the sense that that could be a close game. Then you get Toledo, so certainly two out of those three you should win with ease, and maybe one of them would be a challenge. And then you got that stretch of Maryland in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, Kansas, Connecticut. 437-7644, let's hit the phones and see what Mike and Cicero has to say on the block. Hey, Mike.
0: Hey, Brad. Happy Hump Day.
2: How are you, sir?
0: Uh, getting close to the weekend. I uh, baby. said a couple points about the game last night and uh, the team in general. Um, and I'll make them and then listen to what you have to say. But uh, I, at least from a fan standpoint so far, I know we're only two games in. But I think while this year could have some lows, from what I see so far, I think the team overall is much scrappier than – at least last year's team, which I think is a welcome sign. Uh, because last year, I, I remember screaming at the feet sometimes or at the dome and wondering where the hustle is. And like Merrick, for example, last night had a couple of great uh, situations. And I think with him in, uh, in particular, I think there's some freshman nerve. A couple times he got the ball last night with a pretty open shot, and he hesitated and, and passed it off. So I think that'll come with experience. But she had a lot of, I think, pretty well-rounded games for uh, players last night. Howard played a pretty good game. Uh, Chukwu, I was surprised with, pleasantly surprised. Boyer, didn't really show up as, like I thought he would. But, you know, you've got a a team that's young that I think could learn as the season goes on. And I think compared to last year, it uh, could get better as the season goes on um, in comparison. So...
2: All good points, Mike. All good points. Can't really uh, agree or disagree too strong with those. All solid points there. Appreciate you chiming in. We do have to get to a break as well because we're going to certainly talk more SU hoops. But next, put the focus back on football and what this Louisville team will present for Syracuse. Yeah, that Lamar Jackson's pretty good. But what else do we need to know? Mike Lissette, WDRB in Louisville, will tell us coming up. Stay right there.
0: This is On the Block with Brent and And it is,
2: my friends. It is presented by Burdick Toyota. So happy to have you here. Getting over that hump on a Wednesday, baby. More on uh, Syracuse basketball. I said that really quickly and it sounded like, hey, moron. <laughs> Take it any way you want. We'll talk more SU Hoops coming up. Mike Lissette next hour from Louisville on Lamar Jackson, Rick Pitino, less Cardinals, and much more. And I'll add some of my insight into the Nathan Peterman era underway, the 17th starting quarterback for your Buffalo Bills since they last won a playoff game. But for now, me with that fancy open, let's do this.
0: We've got a hot one for you.
2: Oh, you're hot. Why,
0: well, thank you, so are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot. And yes! <laughs> Man, it's hot. How hot is it's so hot i poured mcdonald's coffee in my lap to cool off (laughs) (laughs) it's time for hot takes on the block
2: ladies and gentlemen always a pleasure to play our favorite game here during hot takes and that is uh, how long can i take a take from stephen a smith you know the rules we uh pull up a stephen a smith clip at random and i start the clock and basically i listen to it uh, for as long as i can before i've got to pull the ripcord and bail so Without further ado, we're ready to go. Can Brent push this button? Okay. And begin.
0: You look like an absolute fool for coming out and apologizing and talking about how you didn't mean for your comments to be divisive when all you had to sit up there and say, look, ladies and gentlemen, it was an earnings call meeting. We're losing money. They asked me why. I told you why.
2: And that'll do. 15 seconds today, ladies and gentlemen. And that concludes today's edition of How Long Can I Take a Take? From Stephen A. Smith. That's hot. I can't figure out this college football playoff committee, and I think that's kind of the point. Never forget, and here come the electric shocks from Bristol. But never forget what this is. It's a television show. It is tune in, and in this case, it was nine thirty ish after the Duke Michigan State game. And we'll count out and we'll tell you what the playoff rankings are. And then people will argue about it afterwards. I mean, that's what it is. It's content. It's content that ESPN produces. It's content ESPN pays for. So, hey, listen, as long as you know that going in, we're all good here. And we had Monty called the show yesterday. He's like, college football needs a committee to decide its champion. I said, look, the college football committee is part of a flawed process in college football. All these problems would be solved with an 18 playoff. It would not take a shred of drama away from the college football regular season. People are passionate about college football for the same reasons they would be in a four team playoff, 18 playoff, whatever the case may be. But you got to manufacture this stuff and get people to argue about it. But here's how it turned out Alabama, number one, Clemson, number two. Look, Clemson's got some good wins, they've got a lot of ranked wins. They lost to Syracuse. Miami is undefeated with two wheelie good wins on the resume, notably Notre Dame. Now, again, it's body of work. It's the whole thing. It's not just, what have you done for me lately? That's what pollsters like me in the AP poll do, right? It's more of a take a temperature of the college football world as it stands right now. The committee looks at things differently, and that's fine. Miami Clemson, okay. You know who really got screwed here? Oklahoma. Oklahoma has one loss like Clemson. Oklahoma has three wins in the top 15, including the most impressive win on the board at Ohio State. TCU, Oklahoma State, not too shabby as well. And by the way, two of those three are on the road. So what's the problem with Oklahoma State, whose lone loss, by the way, is Iowa State, and that's a team that, you know, until this week was in the top 25 and has beaten two impressive teams this year, TCU, also included on that list. So somebody please tell me what I'm missing with Oklahoma. And I know Wisconsin fans are upset, but there is a reason Wisconsin's not in. You haven't beaten anybody. Every other team on this list has not only beaten somebody, they've beaten somebody's, plural, number of teams, right? So look, Clemson beat Auburn. Second week of the season, it's still impressive. They beat Louisville. Louisville's no longer in the top 25. Maybe not such a impressive win in this sense, but they were ranked when they play You can only play them when you play them on your schedule, right? They beat Virginia Tech, beat NC State. So that's four ranked wins, right? But do those four wins look more impressive than Oklahoma? The answer is no, they do not. Clemson lost to Syracuse. Oklahoma lost to Iowa State. Oklahoma should be two on this list, period, end of sentence. Would that have made for more interesting fodder on this college football debate that they had last night? No, it would not have. So I'm not saying that that's why the committee did this the way that they do. They have no obligation to present good fodder for discussion, but it is a television show. It is You are on this committee not only to decide who gets to go to the playoff. It's the final ranking that matters. The rest of this is just filler. The rest of this is just stay tuned after Duke, Michigan State for the college football playoff show. That's what it is. That's hot. As long as everybody knows this, as as we're all on the same page about that, then we're cool, right? But Oklahoma should be number two, seriously. UCLA, that situation ongoing. The three players, Le'Angelo Ball, Cody Riley, Jalen Hill, have been suspended indefinitely after returning from a China trip where they were held for shoplifting. In very carefully worded statements, all three players said in some form, quote, I'd also like to thank President Trump and the United States government for the help they gave us as well. And say all you want about President Trump. Say all you want. uh, Yay, democracy. Exactly. However you feel about the 45th president of the United States. If anything, it was just good timing. He happened to be in China when this happened. And could talk to the president of China about this whole thing. Would President Trump have gotten involved if he was not in China? That's a good question to ask. I'm not sure about that. Maybe it would have come to his attention one way or the other, and he would have, but great timing on their part. Now, my question is, how long's indefinitely? You went to a foreign country representing your school, whether you did this or not, and they kind of, you know, again, very stiff, read some statements kind of press conference today. And and I quote, Riley, I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. I take my responsibility for what I did—shoplifting. I didn't just let my school down, but my country. I mean, you know, somebody wrote this for him, but they're college kids, right? So they are. They have apologized. They have thanked the president of the United States. They're suspended indefinitely. How long is indefinitely? I felt three games felt right, just to send that message that you're young, you're dumb. We made a mistake but you embarrassed us in a foreign country can't happen you can't do this this is part of the process of learning how you represent yourself here how you represent yourself anywhere
0: that's hot
2: if i'm steve alford by the way i'm really questioning this whole deal with the ball family because Leangelo apparently he's kind of like the redheaded stepchild of this whole thing like so there's lonzo who's in the nba there's Leangelo. I'm really losing track of my names here, but it's the next one coming through that's supposed to be the next great one. Like he's one of the top five players in high school right now. Le'Angelo is just kind of there. He's just kind of a guy like he could be around for a few years. I'm not saying that should determine what his punishment should be for how many games he's going to sit, but we all know how that works. Steve Kerr had some interesting comments. Have you seen your Boston Celtics have won 13 straight basketball games? Kyrie Irving, Returned last night. We've got a Warriors-Celtics Thursday night game. Ladies and gentlemen, an NBA regular season basketball game that I will watch. Woo! I'm in, baby. That's a great November basketball game, though. Steve Kerr saying, and I quote, it sure looks like Boston's the team of the future in the East with the assets that they still have and their young talent and their coaching and Kyrie's amazing. That looks like a team that's going to be at the top of the East for a long time to come. Whether their time is now or the future, that's to be determined, but they sure look like they want to be it right now. Now, we said about the future, Cleveland's supposedly the team of now. And Cleveland hasn't exactly been Cleveland, although they had a nice little comeback against the Knicks the other night. So, Boston, Golden State, in Boston Thursday night I can watch that I, Grandpa can stay up for that game I'm excited It's fantastic, right? I love that we're playing this music, by the way Because Seth and I are going to geek out later There's a, an event up at Syracuse tonight With Bob Costas The Bob Costas How about that all-star Mount Rushmore sitting there last night Next to Wild Hack Costas, Torrico, McDonough Beth Moans, Sandy Montag hanging back there and then Boeheim, uh I'm getting off the NBA take here, I realize that, but you play this music and Bob Costins is in town, I mean, come on, this is what I'm going to talk about. So Beheim tweets his picture. I mean, I I fainted when I saw this picture, okay? Sorry, broadcast geek talking here. So here, here's this, you can go on Twitter and see it for yourself. So Beheim's hanging. I'm not sure where they are. I'd like to know where, because I want to know what everybody ordered to, but... So, Beheim says, went to dinner and a press conference broke out. Great to catch up, Beth Moens, Mike Tarico, Bob Costas, Sean McDonough. So, there is a picture Bayheim flanked by Sean McDonough, Bob Costas, Mike Tarico, Beth Moens, Sandy Monted. I would pay a considerable amount of money that I should not admit publicly, and my wife would kill me if I actually did this, but it would be worth it just to listen. To that conversation. Look, I don't have to be at the table. You don't want me at that table anyway. Just let me put a microphone here so I can listen. I'm not going to record it. It's not going to go beyond this room. But I would pay more money and donate it to the Jim and Julie Beheim Foundation. So, hey, uh, next time this happens, uh, Jim, just give old Brent a text message and you get a nice donation to the Jim and Julie Beheim Foundation, huh? We, we want to talk? Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? Want to be there? So, no? 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 Oh, well. Anyway, I would pay more money than I should admit. Just to like, can I just like be in the room and just so I can hear what's going on there? What is that conversation like? Because that's the national media. That's the media Bayheim likes, right? They're SU alums, they're national guys. Great story shared that they know is not going to leave that table. I should not admit how much money I would pay just to listen to that conversation. That's hot. It's a lot, though. It's it's more than I should admit. And my daughter would not have Christmas this year, and she would be very upset. So let's just move on before I actually commit to doing something like this. Now, I brought up Stephen A. Smith earlier. Did you see? (laughs) So Papa John's, two weeks after the fact, has apologized. Remember their CEO, Papa John himself, ratings? are down, our pizza sales are down because of the uh, pro- anthem protests and all the controversies surrounding the NFL, and I'm disappointed in Roger Goodell's leadership. Okay. So Papa John's official Twitter account said this, three-part statement I'll read to you quickly. We believe in the right to protest inequality and support the players movement to create a new platform for change. We also believe together as Americans we should honor our anthem. There's a way to do both, company executives – Declined to ex- uh, disclose exactly how much money and projected sales, by the way, that Papa John's lost from its association with the NFL and declining ratings. Now, uh, shares, by the way, Papa stocks, Papa John's stock down nearly twelve percent since the, that earnings call. There's one tweet though, where they say we're, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it was basically we're going to work with everybody. On this issue, except neo-Nazis, because bleep those guys. Now, they didn't write the word that you're thinking of. They had, they did the middle finger emoji. The official verified company account of Papa John's. Going with the middle finger emoji. I mean, that's a nice little comeback. It's about two weeks late, but... That's hot. I'll, I'll give you that. I, I, I'll i golf clap you on that one. That's not bad. Not bad, guys. But we're not selling pizza because our ratings are down. Did you see how, what's the uh, frozen pizza? That's actually, for frozen pizza, it's pretty decent. Come on, Seth, help me out here. What is it? Uh, I should know this because my daughter has this sometimes. (sighs) Having a brain cramp here. It's the pizza, you put it, it's not, DiGiorno, thank you. I remember the commercial. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. They had a nice, uh, I just gave you a nice free plug, by the way. They also had a nice response to Papa John's when this whole thing went down. We're fine. And they did it with emojis. It just was a pizza with an arrow. Like, our sales are good. I don't know about you guys, but we're good over here. Is Syracuse good? Tyus Battle went to battle. 28 points, career high. Save Syracuse's collective hind last night. How often will he have to do that? And when is he going to top that 28 points that he set last night? At the rate they're going, might not be long. So we'll dig a little bit more into Syracuse basketball. Mike Lissette next hour, a friend from Louisville, on the Cardinals, on Lamar Jackson. If John Wolford carved up the Syracuse defense, what could one of the best quarterbacks in the country do? Plus, we're talking Louisville. we got to check in on that whole Rick Patino thing and how that team is moving on without him. Tyrod Taylor no longer the starting quarterback of your Buffalo Bills. All that to come. Stay right there. You're on the block. ESPN Radio.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.